Hello, everybody, and uh, welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church. As we continue on in the series we're doing called Developing a Disciple's Heart. This series uh, is, is all in response to the question that was asked, uh, that Jesus was asked, what's the most important commandment? I've said he was really being asked, what's the most important thing in life? And his response was simple and profound. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. And we've been saying that out of that, there's three things that, that obviously are implied by that verse. Loving God, loving our neighbors, and loving ourselves. And that, that we can do those things by, um, I always encourage you to be thankful every day for at least five things. There's something about being thankful that reminds us of who God is and his love for us and that, that our response is, is to love him back with all that we are. That we're to encourage at least two people a day. That helps us to love others, and that the, the way that we love ourselves, the kindest thing we can do ourselves is live by doing the next right thing. That, that's the sort of simple um, foundation for the life of a disciple. And, and yet we've said that even though that seems very simple, um, it's not always easy to, to pull all those things off every day. We get distracted, our issues get in the way, our sin gets in the way, we get selfish, we get all sorts of things that happen, and so we don't always follow through. And so we've, we've determined that what we need to do is to dig even deeper. And we've called this, you know, uh, the priming the heart of our, our disciples' heart and, and having some tools and some uh, concepts and some ideas and some practices and some disciplines, because that's what it means to be a disciple, uh, that, that help us to really get connected. Um, during the day. And so we're, we've come up with these seven sections of scripture to sort of reflect on. We're trying to give it to you in a way that you could do this every day in the, in the, and encourage you to do it in the early part of your day. And it takes 20 or 30 minutes. But there's something about that extra connection that helps us throughout the day to um, sort of walk this walk out. We're, I think we, we will be more aware of when we're getting off track. We'll see our stuff show up more quickly. We'll be more aware of our issues and our sin and all that stuff so that we can, uh, as we move off track, we can quickly get back on track. And so that's what this whole thing is all about, developing a disciple's heart um, and, and introducing some, some tools and things into our lives to help us get more connected to God. Uh, we've been working on that. I, I do have one thing that you can go and check out in a very, uh, it's in its beginning stages, but it is up and running now. I like to use the internet for stuff. I think it's a great way to get connected. There's a website up that we've put up now called Disciples Heart Online. Com. And it has these sections and these things that you can fill in. You can actually read and respond to right on the internet. And then at the end, you push a button and it emails it to your account. Nobody else sees it. It's completely private. Emails it to your account. And then you have it to reflect on during the day. It's kind of an online journal, if you would. And will help you work through these sections that we're talking about. And uh, so far, we've talked about getting focused, um, which was from Hebrews 10, 19 through 25. And in that, um, we, we looked at how amazing it is that we have access to the literal presence of God, the most holy place, access in Christ 24-7. How amazing that is, and we looked, you know, at Old Testament times when, when it took this all sorts of things and, and processes to get one guy into that presence once a year uh, to, to make atonement for the sin of Israel. And yet in Christ now, we have access 24-7. And there's something about that that should change our lives and the way we look at everything, change our focus uh, and, and get our eyes on Jesus, our great priest, uh, who understands this life and who's modeled life for us. And these are all the concepts that we work through 
in getting focused. Um, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, having our bodies washed with pure water, and let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds and let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching that's what we talked about in getting focused now we've moved from there into the next section which is getting thankful and and we've said for a long season for a long time and we've tried to encourage you that there's um, there's something about being thankful that changes everything in your Christian walk that our culture is not a very thankful place that our culture tends to um, fix on what it doesn't have and, and gets lost in this thing the the you know the when and then thinking well then when this happens then I'll be happy when this happens when 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 then 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 and they don't get to experience life now And this is where life is found in today, in the present, in the moment, and realizing that God has done amazing things in our lives, even if it's not everything we would like, uh, he's he's done all sorts of incredible things. And and getting our hearts to be thankful for who he is and for what he's done uh, changes the way that we look at life. And we're looking at Philippians 4, 4 through 8, as we talk about getting thankful. Rejoice in the Lord always, I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Those we've talked about already, those two verses. We're going to move into Philippians 4, 6 today and uh, talk about a a subject that's near and dear to all of us, anxiety. And uh, that was supposed to be funny. Anyway, I'm a little concerned now about where I'm heading next. Um, Before we go into Philippians 4, 6 today, two things I want to do. I got a little quick story and then... Uh, the scripture reading for the day. So here's the little story. Um, now, this person uh, who is just not all together, all right? No particular gender or hair color is implied here. Walks into a library and says to the librarian, I would like a Big Mac, French fry, and a chocolate shake. And the librarian looks at the person and replies, But this is a library. Oh, what's wrong with me? I'm so sorry. I would like a Big Mac, French fry, and a chocolate shake. (laughs) Matthew 6, 31 through 34. This is out of the message paraphrase. What I'm trying to do here is get you to relax, to not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things. But you know both God and how he works. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. And blessed be the word of the Lord. Today we're going to look at Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything... 
by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. We're talking about being thankful, and we're looking at Philippians 4, 6, and, and I think one of the big killjoys that we face in life is uh, our struggle with anxiety and worry. We've, we talk about anxiety and worry here fairly often. I, I wish that we didn't have to, but the reality is it's something that impacts us on a pretty regular basis. That uh, even with the admonition of Scripture that we're not supposed to do it, the reality is it keeps coming back. And, and uh, a lot of people um, who don't need to experience anxiety and worry in their lives are just kind of steeped in it. And it, it happens to a lot of believers. We get taken off track real easy um, by things that are stirred up in the culture. And, and uh, you know, I've always said that part of this is the constant bombardment of bad news that we're faced with, um, which, you know, just goes on and on and on nonstop now. Um, and that, that these things just continually impact us to make us um, anxious and worried and fearful. And it's almost a, a nonstop thing. And so uh, it's keeping us from being thankful. And so we need to look at um, how God wants to help us not deal with those issues. And so uh, we have the answers here in Philippians 4, 6 to really help us deal with anxiety and worry in our lives. The first thing I want to talk about out of those verses are these two words, anything and everything. Anything and everything, because they're mentioned right there in the beginning, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. So uh, the words anything and everything are pretty all-inclusive. Even if you take them back into the original languages, they, they pretty much mean anything and everything. So there's not a lot of wiggle room here, because sometimes people think, well, I'm worried about it because, because, because. The, the, the scripture tells us very clearly in this spot and in other places, do not be anxious about any thing. Anything. Anything covers it all. Anything. We're not to be anxious about it. You say, okay, it says that, but how do we do it? All right. Here's, here's one of the things you need to know that I, that I think will help. Um, in the mornings, as I spend my time with the Lord in, in priming the, the pump of my disciples' heart, one of the things I do every day in the course of my prayer through the Lord's prayer is that I ask God to this. I ask God, I said, look, God, please today help me see the traps that come into my life, that try and steal my life away, and help me to see your way out. Help me to be aware of the traps, and help me to see your way out. Because I, I believe the promise is that, that nothing pops in that God doesn't make a way out. That, that the work of the enemy, whatever he's trying to do to steal away from me, the life that God wants me to have, God always has a way out for me. I just gotta be aware. First, I gotta be aware that I'm falling into a trap, and then I have to be aware that there's always a way out. 1 Corinthians 10:13 says this, that no temptation, same word for trap or test, has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted, trapped, or tested beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, trapped, tested, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. He always makes a way out. Now, one of these traps or tests or temptations is anxiety. That's why it's so constant. And it's one of the enemy's favorites because he's very successful with it. Because it's, it's one of the ones that even though we're, we're told, don't worry about it, God's got you, don't worry, don't worry, we, we just take it on. It's a cultural thing and we take, and you know, you, you learned how to worry. You, you were taught how to worry when you were really little because you were all surrounded by worriers. And so you just picked it right up and you figured that was it. Because initially you didn't worry. When you were hungry, you just cried. You didn't worry. And somebody fed you, hopefully. 
And, and you know, you, you, <laughs> that would be, it'd be cool if some of that stuff still worked, wouldn't it? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. You just, you know, you need some money, you walk into the bank and start to cry, and they just hand you money across the counter. Oh, I'm sorry, here you go. How much do you need? Um, you, you, you learn over time, you're taught how to worry because you pick it up from the people that are around you and then it's reinforced over and over and over again that, well, worry is part of what you do. I, you know, one of my favorite statistics, I always, I always had the, the most fun with this, like 90% of the stuff, it might even be higher, 90% of the stuff that you worry about never happens, which should free you from a lot of stuff. But for worriers, what that does is make them go, 10% really does happen, I knew I should be worried. Seventy-six percent of all statistics are made up on the spot anyway. That's really funny. You'll get that later. Because I just made that up right on the spot. <laughs> okay. So, so we're not to be anxious or worried about anything. So I was saying this. I pray for God to show me the traps and the way out. All right. Anxiety, worry is a trap. It's one of the enemy's favorite tactics. It's what he does. He's, and, and it's very successful because it often takes you right out of your groove. And, he, and he'll throw it on you as quickly as he can in the day. And you're, a lot of, you were just shot right off the bat. And I always have tried to describe it. I know that we, see, we don't all sh- feel things the same way. And so there's no way to pinpoint, oh, this is what it feels like. Um, I can only tell you that in me, that anxiety and worry, I always feel in the pit of my stomach. It, it goes from a thought and it, all of a sudden, it, it, and I get, it just feels like everything turns upside down. And it fascinates me in, in reflection how I can be doing really good and one thing, just one stray idea or thought or problem finds its way in, whoop, and all of a sudden it seems like everything is bad. I was fine until that one thing popped in and now all of a sudden everything's bad. It kind of triggers in this stuff and it takes you down this road and now it's all, oh, we're all doomed. We turn into Eeyores. It's horrible. And you're off track. At that point, you don't care about anybody else. You're not going to be kind. You're not going to love anybody else. You're not going to love well. You're going to withdraw, pull in, get very self-focused, try and fix broken things in your own strength that were never meant to be fixed and you're going to get all messed up. And you're shot for the day. Unless you realize that's a trap. That's the enemy trying to steal life away from me. Because if I get fixed on that, I get very temporal minded. I lose concept of the, etern- the eternal and I'm useless for the day in the kingdom. I've, I've, he's won already. It's a trap. The enemy showed me, uh, the, the, the God, showed, God showed me a long time ago that that's one of the enemy's favorite things. If I can get, if he can get us anxious and worried, he takes us right out of the game. And so, um, the admonition is don't be anxious about anything. So the anxiety and worry is a trap and God has made a way out. And that's the second point and part of this Philippians 4, 6 verse. The, the way out of that trap is prayer and petition with thanksgiving. That's the way out. Prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Instead of going with it, Instead of allowing that to consume you, instead of trying to figure all sorts of things out in your own mind and allowing that worry just to percolate, what you're supposed to do is turn to prayer and petition with thanksgiving. When you're anxious or worried and you, and you can begin to see this is a trap trying to steal life away from me, um, then what you do is you begin to pray and you change your focus. And that, that you start changing your focus to the things that you're thankful for. That's why it's so important that every day you start with what you're thankful for. Because then you can get right back to them again. 
What was I thankful for this morning? When I started out my day being thankful, what were those things I was thankful for? I thought about them and came up with five at least. And now that something's trying to hit me, let me get back to what I'm thankful for. So I can get my focus back on him. Because he's still the same God that he was when I, when I started out this morning. He's still in control. Nothing has changed God. And, and everything is still in his hands. All this happened is some miscellaneous piece of information has made its way into my filters and is trying to steal my life away. I'm not going to let it. So I change. And I get to prayer and petition with thanksgiving. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Be joyful always. We talked about what joyful meant last couple of weeks. Pray continually. We should stay connected. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. See, we're to become a thankful people. Um, uh, trusting in God. See, God's will for us is that we trust him in the midst of circumstances. Please don't read that verse as saying that some horrible circumstance is God's will for you. Some people have taken that mentality on um, that, that, that that verse is telling them that a bad circumstance is God's will for you. Don't go there. You live in a fallen world on a broken planet. God's will, and this, this make sure you hear me when I'm going to say, God's will is not always done here on a broken planet. And you go, <gasps> If God's will were always done, he wouldn't have told us to pray, God, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Stuff happens that's outside of what God would rather have happen in your life. There's a result of this broken world and, and the sin that we've all committed, continue to commit, and other people commit around us that causes all sorts of terrible things to happen. And, and, and that's, a, that's a part of living here in a broken world, on a fall, you know, fallen planet, broken world process. But, but see... What we're to learn to do is, because we know who God is and because we're connected to him, because we know he's got us forever and he's moving into our lives now and that he can work into all sorts of situations, we can trust him even though we might experience some bad circumstances, God is still good. See, we have to get changed from, from our thinking and move into the reality that, that we can be thankful for God. God is always good. Life is hard sometimes, but God is good. But this ain't all that it is. See, there's more coming. The best is yet to come. How we can experience good life, real life now, but in the midst of a fallen world, broken planet, some bad stuff goes on. But we can trust in God who's taking us through and will continue to take us through. So we need to pray and petition, same kind of deal, God with thanksgiving. And then it says this, present your request to God. See, that's the last thing that you have to hold in context. Point number three, you have to always keep God in the equation of your life. Always keep God in the equation. What we have a tendency to do in our worry and anxiety is limit God. Because we, we don't begin to consider that God can come in and change things. We, we don't even give it thought sometimes that God is able to do things that we can't see. He's able to move into situations that we could never even imagine God would move. You know, one of my favorite stories, I forgot to tell the group last night, you'll hear it right now, is, is, uh, is when the, the, the big oil spill happened in the Gulf, which was a bad thing, don't get me wrong, it was bad, it impacted a lot of people in a bad way. But, but one of my favorite stories that I read in the midst of that, because everybody was completely freaked out. I mean, the, 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 the world was going to end, and there was never, you know, no more fishing. You remember how bad, this is bad, bad, bad. And I know it impacted some people very badly, don't get me wrong. But, but all of a sudden, some weeks later, I read in the, in the newspaper, and I shared with you that this microbe popped out of nowhere they'd never seen before that fed on oil. And it, and it was in there, and it was wiping out this oil. This microbe came out of nowhere. <laughs> it's eating up the oil, man. And then, you know what you find out? Is that 
it, as it eats the oil, it becomes fish food. And the fish got a whole new source of food. Guess what they think? There's probably more fish going to be happening now in those areas than they had before. It's going to create a boom to the fish. Who saw that coming? I didn't. But God says, oh yeah, I got some microbes down deep we haven't used yet. Okay, go eat, boys. I know you're hungry. So you get it? it doesn't take away that it was a bad situation. I get that. I'm don't, so don't hear me saying, oh, I'm just saying things happen. God is able to do things that we can't imagine. And so we don't factor them into the equation. And we limit everything to what our finite minds can deal with. And that's why we get so worried. Keep God in the equation. That's why you present your request to God. You, you go to God and you just say, look, here's what keeps trying to get me, and, and this keeps trying to steal my life away, so I'm giving it to you. I, I, I can't deal with it. I can't, I can't fix it. It's broke. If it's going to get fixed, it's going to be you that fixes it, or you're going to fix me or something, but here you go. And you give it to him. And, you, and, and he takes care of it. That's what the promises are. Get your eyes on me. I'll take care of that stuff that you worry about. It may not be the way you think it ought to be taken care of, but he takes care of it better. You have to keep him in the equation of your lives. Ephesians 3.20, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power, his work within us. He's able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. God's able to do it. So keep him in the equation. What it comes up with is this quick summary about this part of being thankful. Don't be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, keep God in the equation by presenting your request to him because he's able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. And as you do that, you can get back into being thankful and to live in the life that you were called to live. So work on that this week, okay? I don't want anybody to be anxious about anything all week, all right? Are you with me? Not a thing. Not a single thing. All right, report back next week. I want to hear good stories. Ministry team, those of you here, would you hit over the wall? I forgot I was recording. Thank you for watching us. Uh, if you're on television or video, um, we appreciate you taking your valuable time and spending it with us. If you need anything, call us, write us, email us, and uh, we'll, we'll do whatever we can to see what we can do for you, okay? And God bless you. We'll see you back next week. We're going to close here with prayer.